Brick by Brick podcast. Today we have Bruce Johnson with Revitalize with us, which we're very excited that he's back in town today and has uh, stopped by for a couple minutes to share um, a little bit about himself and projects that he's working on because I think some know his name in and around town. He's certainly well known outside of Albion in all of his work. So I wanted to have him stop by and share a little bit about himself. So Bruce, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you came to know of Albion? Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Um, a couple of years ago, a local architect asked me to come to this beautiful city that he calls Albion. And I went, oh, I've been there many times back in the past. So I showed up just to walk through a building that was going to be looked at for potential rehabilitation. And as I was walking around, I was lumbering around next to a guy in shorts and a t-shirt. And he seemed pretty interested in what was going on. And it ended up being Bill Dobbins who owned the building. So he asked me quietly how I would do this. And when I explained it to him, we sat down. And next thing you know, we were working on a possibility of a grant application to help him renovate what is now known as the Peabody. And now you're a certified grant administrator, right? So so what does that mean in, in some of the work that you've done since that initial meeting um, with, with Bill for the Peabody Block? Well, as a certified grant administrator, uh, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, otherwise known as MEDC, has a process to where they have grants that are given out and they found that they needed people that had a certain level of expertise or companies that had a certain level of expertise to get the project compliance completed because many of the dollars that are used are community development block grant funds or federal funds from HUD and from Congress. And they come with all types of compliance issues from prevailing wages to certified payrolls to making sure that people are being paid appropriate wages for the work that they're doing. With all that being said, uh, part of what Revitalize does is provide certified grant administration work for cities that on behalf of owners accept these grants through Community Development Block Grant and move forward with projects much like the Peabody, historical downtown rehabilitation and infrastructure, things of that nature. So Revitalize does that as well as pre-development work for owners like we did with Bill for the Peabody. So does that mean in some ways you take away the some of the the demands off the city in in what they would have to do if they were to self-administer that a grant to, to to make sure that they're dotting their eyes and and crossing the t's um, and and have the background knowledge that you have you can relieve some of that burden exactly and I think that's the MEDC's uh, reason for putting certified grant administrators. Uh, class together and having people become certified was that they were finding that it was a lot to ask a city to do full compliance on a project that may take nine months to a year because it's almost full-time work while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And how many cities have the ability to just say, hey, you over there in whatever department, this is your job now to add to what you're already doing and you can't make a mistake. Otherwise, the penalty is paying it all back and hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions, you don't want to pay it all back. With no. a certified grant administrator, they embed yourself into the community for the time of the grant and actually perform those duties as a team with the city because it takes both of you. Mm -hmm. And it also gives a lot of uh, checks and balances that way. The owner gets to take a look at things, the certified grant administrator prepares things, the city gets to approve it, and you all get to ask questions. And then it goes to the MEDC for final approval. So by the time the MEDC says yes, everybody's on board that what is being done 
is being done the proper way and the wages are being paid properly and that the check that is dispersed is due in full and correct. So it sounds like in any sort of process of whether it's anywhere here in the state of Michigan, if there's a redevelopment project that it wants to access MEDC funds, the, the owner of the building, whether it's a private citizen or, uh, or an organization or a nonprofit, then um, can partner with you and the city to, uh, to then help move that forward and make sure that the funds and everything is, is done on the up and up and, and done well. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, that's in a nutshell, you're right. I mean, truly there's a process out there through the Michigan Economic Development Corporation that if you are looking to get a grant with community development block grant funds, I'll leave the acronyms out of it as much as I can, um, you, there's a process out there to protect both the city and the owners from the very uh, sometimes difficult process of compliance to make sure that everything is done the way that the federal government requires and the state government requires. Right. Because we're probably all pretty comfortable saying that, you know, the state and federal governments, they like to make sure that everything is, you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and, and they are no, uh, they're not, they don't shy away from paperwork, I would imagine. That's true. And many of the programs that go along with receiving a grant don't have all, don't have everything to do with money. They also have to do with what they call fairness or equality or uh, historical uh, significance. There's a, there are a lot of things to know about being a certified grant administrator and receiving funds from the state or the federal government that most people in typical day-to-day -day life, even in city government life, don't deal with on a regular basis. So we're here there to give some protection and some guidance and some sense of uh, um, understanding to what they're doing. Yeah, so it sounds like we could probably do a whole episode all on becoming a certified <laughs> grant administrator, which could be very interesting. But so you've worked on the Peabody Block grant. Um, it's in the process of getting wrapped up. Um, and then you're now kind of working on the Big Albion plan. Can you give us sort of a, a broad overview of what the Big Albion plan is? Well, the Big Albion plan is very unique in the fact that it's not doing a single building, which would be traditional, or maybe two buildings side by side, which is kind of norm in the state to say, hey, we have a couple of empty buildings and this owner owns them and they're willing to put in some serious money, but you know, we need some help through a grant or through incentives that the state, the city, or the federal government might have out there to make it all kind of make financial sense. Well, I think the Big Albion plan is named that just because it's exactly what it is. It's a renovation of up to 25 buildings in the downtown, potentially all at once, or certainly in groups of five, four, six, eight, whatever it may be, that uh, will allow in a shorter period of time, instead of doing the onesies, twosies, will allow the city to have and the citizens of Albion to have a renovated, historically correct, and opportunistic downtown in a much shorter period of time. And, and is, there, is, is there any possibility that, um, that the Big Almian plan might even progress farther than what would be the, the you know, Superior Street and, and buildings that are on Superior Street, that they, they might extend to areas outside of Superior Street? I think that's exactly what you want to have happen. So in my 
40 years in working with affordable housing and historical rehabilitation and community building, the downtown is your heart. Just if you look at it from a body situation, your downtown is your heart. Once that downtown is healthy and beating, you start moving outside of that area and attacking neighborhoods and streets and community centers and things like that to where you, you never give up on the rehabilitation and the re, um, reorganization and rehabbing of needed structures and needed things that are important to the community. But typically, and once again in my experience, it's very difficult to do it without the downtown being a place that those who live here and others from around the area want to come to and see and experience. Mm -hmm. Healthy uh, buildings provide healthy opportunities for business, provide healthy opportunities for people to live and work in place, uh, create almost a first shift, second shift, or maybe from eight to five, Monday through Friday, you have stores that are open, and then from five to 10, the stores then stay open because they have all these people coming back and that are living right there within walking distance that need services. So it creates a very vibrant start and a very hard beating heart, so to speak. So you really see that it, you know, the potential of the big Albion plan extends really well beyond Superior Street in and of itself, even though the the maybe initial focus is on the buildings that are have maybe a Superior Street address or are, are right off of Superior Street. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Once again, I think the Big Albion Plan is something that will go on for and, and evolve as things are accomplished when we're able to secure the funds, the grants, and get the work started and rehabilitate these buildings. As that is happening, you go into, you can call it phase one, phase two, whatever you want to call it, but you just continue to morph and move into other needed areas of the community and start looking at homeowners and start looking at community centers and start looking at industrial areas. And, and you're doing that the whole time that the Big Albion plan downtown is working, but that you just, once you find that niche that these things are possible and people start seeing the results, it just continues to evolve and move out into all areas of Albion that are needed. So I think we're hoping to be able to do some regular Big Albion plan updates with you when you're um, in and around town, if we can catch you in between meetings and all the work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, maybe kind of at a high level, what, what things have been going on recently related to the Big Albion plan? What, what have you been working on most recently? Well, the Big Albion plan kind of has, I'll call it three sections right now for the downtown. First of all, we had to identify the buildings that are under control of ACE and ARC and the owners that are going to be a part of it. And we had to have all the buildings measured, had all the buildings designed for the future, the upstairs apartments, the first floor commercial areas, and evaluate the exteriors and their needs for both uh, infrastructure, future technology, things of that nature. And that is nearly complete. The actual renderings were unveiled October 23rd at a nice little get together for the community to come and take a look at. And those are initial rend renderings, they're not finished product, but they are enough to where now we have estimators looking at what the cost will be to rehabilitate these buildings, keeping the historical preservation of the exterior and interior where uh, possible and where there is still historical components left, 
and at the same time preparing them for future modern needs through residential and commercial uh, spaces being created. So once that's done, which could be as soon as early December, we also have a brownfield crew uh, through Triterra that will be working on a unique brownfield, uh, which is a environmental and infrastructure uh, incentive program through the city and state of Michigan that will determine a level of uh, need to eliminate, as I call them, ills from the past, mm -hmm. uh, lead, asbestos, mercury, so forth and so on, and also identify eligible cost of infrastructure, parking, and things like that that may be able to allow it. It's one of the incentives that traditionally makes or breaks a, a plan of this nature. Once that is done, which could be as soon as Christmas or first of the year, we'll have a dollar figure that is close. We'll know enough to where we can bring in and start layering incentives and talking to banks and talking to owners and talking to state and city and everyone so that this very transparent process is put together. Um, that's just 60 days away. Um, there should really be some new information and new uh, movement shortly after the first of the year on how this process moves forward. And remember, we're talking about 25 buildings and none of this is cheap. Yeah, right. um, whether it's all done 25 at once or seven and then seven and then seven or six and then five, I mean, that's yet to be determined. So the exact process is yet to be determined. Uh, the exact value of the brownfield is, is going to be. So in the next 60 days, a lot of information that will help those that uh, the state and the city and the owners uh, make the next decisions. Uh, obviously, the college is a part of this as well with uh, wanting to do some work in the downtown and some of the buildings that they're interested in. So when you put all the partners together, they'll all have some new information to discuss, you know, pretty much at the start of 2019. Gotcha. And it sounds like now is this has the state of Michigan supported and participated in this kind of um, this size of a project in the past or is this pretty new for them, too? Well, it's pretty unique. Um, the state of Michigan, you know, when you look at the bigger cities, the Detroit's, the Grand Rapids and so forth, they've done some very large uh, projects, whether it be through demolition, historical rehabilitation, and so forth, with similar stacking of funds, but they're also a very large community and have a lot of uh, built-in expertise. Uh, a, a city the size of Albion doing something like this is, is fairly new, it's very unique, and we did go to the state and to some of the other powers that be to kind of discuss before we got started because it's, you know, not cheap to get these things done. Right. I can only imagine how many hours were even spent just on measuring the buildings and then preparing the renderings. Absolutely, absolutely. Since it's so large, you have to, you know, times a normal building of one times 25, it's about 25 times the work to do it. And to bring it all to fruition at one time has taken a team. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that are working on this um, that are relying on the expertise and the uh, information that's being brought forth from our team members. Um, we're meeting on a regular basis, we're looking at alternatives on a regular basis, and we're planning for the future because uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Well, it sounds like you and your team have been very busy um, there at Revitalize and, um, and that there could be a lot of exciting, fun 
um, new information coming out in the coming months and towards the beginning of uh, 2019. It kind of kind of is looking like 2019 could be a, a big year um, in and around Albion, even though 2018 was also a, a big year in Albion. And uh, I kind of get the sense, do you see that in the, the future years that every year could be a little bit bigger for Albion? Uh, even if we think that 2018 was a big year, that 2019 could be bigger, Well, the part participation of the city, the participation of the college, the participation of the citizens, citizens, and the good people that are in part of Albion, you know, for me, once again, 40 years doing these types of things, working with so many cities, uh, I really don't see how Albion's future won't continue to spark interest, grow together, move towards the, the solutions that they all want. And in a way, and I use the word transparent because in a way that everyone understands as things are brought forth to be able to be shown, everyone's gonna win out of this because you're gonna get your downtown back to where it's beautiful. You're gonna have this historical uh, renovation. You're gonna have new community businesses. You're gonna have places for people to live. And it's also gonna spur the belief and understanding that as we move outside of the downtown, there's there's solutions and there's people to work with that can help create more opportunities and better situations there. I think it's it's uh, the future for Albion looks bright just from, you know, this little bit of it's not a little bit of work, but you know, there's so many people working in Albion in so many different ways to help move Albion forward. The big Albion plan can be a, a big piece of it, and I'm excited to hear in the coming months um, updates as we have you come in and do a big Albion plan update. But I appreciate your time today, Bruce. Thanks for coming in and stopping by and sharing what you've been working on. Well, I'm happy to discuss it, but you know, the, with the help from the state of Michigan, the support with the city, the college, and everyone involved. Um, this is a good project and it's good things are going to come forward and be glad to talk again. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you again to Bruce Johnston from Revitalize for taking time to share a bit about his background in and around Albion, as well as for giving us an overview of the big Albion plan as the Revitalize team works to prepare the plan with more and more detail as 2019 quickly approaches. Also, a big thank you to you for tuning in to Brick by Brick. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, see you around town.